I'll read Proverbs 3 and also a little bit of Proverbs 4 to get an idea of the context of the passage. And our text will be Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. Let's start reading at Proverbs 3, verse 1. That's on page 671. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Let's then turn to chapter 4. We'll start reading at verse 11. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered. And if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked. And do not walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my saying. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Let's then sing in response to the reading of God's word. From Psalm 1, stanza 1, 2, and 3. Let's then read the words of our text again from Proverbs 3, verse 5 and, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Brothers and sisters, boys and girls, in our Lord Jesus Christ, all of us sitting here today are hiking through life. Whether we like walking or not, we're all going somewhere. We're all heading in a certain direction towards a certain destination. And as Christians, we confess that our destination is the new Jerusalem, the city that was built by God himself. But the bad news is that if we were left to ourselves, we'd never actually make it to this destination. 
Our path is a very dangerous one. We're surrounded by steep cliffs. We're surrounded by quicksand and hundreds of false trails that lead to death and destruction. So on our own, we went last but a few moments in this wilderness of life. And so we need guidance. We need supernatural wisdom from above if we're ever going to make it through. Well, we can thank our Heavenly Father that he gives us a map to navigate through life. He gives us his scriptures to guide us and to warn us of things on our path. But we get even more than this. Not only does God give us a map to get through life, but he also gives himself to us as our tour guide. He promises to walk right beside us as we go through life, to hold our hands. He promises to take away those boulders on our path, to fight off any animals that might come attack us. And so this morning, our triune God calls you and he calls me to trust him. He looks directly at each one of us and he says to us, my sons, my daughters, trust in me at all times as you go through life. As challenges, struggles, and temptations come on your path, don't trust in yourselves, but hold my hand and walk in step with me. That brings us to our theme this morning, trust in the Lord as you go through life's journey. We'll look at two things. God calls us to trust him, and God blesses those who trust him. The words that we read this morning, the words of verse 5, are among the most well-known words in all scripture. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. Let's look a little closer at them this morning. In the first place, let's look at who we trust, because if we're going to stake everything on this God to take us through life, we need to know who he is. We need to know a little bit about what he does, and if he's indeed trustworthy. Well, brothers and sisters, we're not asked to trust in some generic and unknown God. We're not asked to trust in some supernatural power, some force that's just out there and that doesn't really care about us. So don't think of God as a stoic being or as this old man who just sits there in his chair and doesn't really see us or care about us. For we're called in our text this morning to trust in the Lord. He's the God of covenant. He's the God of relationship and faithfulness. And there's absolutely no one in this world from the beginning of time to the end that measures up to God's faithfulness and trustworthiness. Take a moment to think about the person that you trust the most, the person that you would tell everything to, and then know that God is way, way more trustworthy than this person. For even if your closest friend or all your family would turn their back on you, God will never do so. He will be with you every single step of the journey you take through life. He'll hold your hand and he'll stick close to you. And know that this God is in love with you. He's a God of so much emotion, of so much passion, and of so much feeling. We read in Jeremiah 31 that he delights in us, that he yearns for us. Imagine that, that your God 
delights in you. That he's enamored, enamored with you like a newlywed husband is with his bride. So brothers and sisters, boys and girls, know that this, you are in a relationship with this kind of a God. He's the father of Luke 15 who rushes out to meet his sinful son. He rushes out to meet us sinners when we turn back and repent. He pulls out all the stops. His love overflows for us. And he's so eager to be in relationship with us today and so radical in his love that he actually sent his son, his only son that he loved so much to earth to die for us, to die for our sins. So if you ever doubt that God loves you, if you ever feel like he doesn't really care about you personally, read a couple chapters this week or this month from the Gospels. Read about all the things that Jesus suffered for you, that he suffered pain, that he sweat tears, or he sweat blood, that his sweat was like blood. And know that he did this for you. He did this for me. He did this for our ugliness, for our sin, and for our shame. So we have every reason to trust this God, to be with us every step of the journey, because we know Even if we don't feel it, we know that he loves us. And the God that you came this morning to worship, brothers and sisters, is more than this too. Don't only trust God because he's your father, because he's your friend and your savior, but trust him because he's so wise. For you might trust someone that loves you on a dangerous hike. You know that they'd have your best interests at heart, but you wouldn't fully trust them if you knew that they didn't actually really know much about the hike, that they didn't know much about the terrain. Well, congregation, we can trust God because he knows the terrain of our life so well. He's the wisest thing, person you can ever imagine. As Paul says in Romans 11, Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Indeed, brothers and sisters, boys and girls, know that your God is so wise. He makes the most respectable scholar or the person with the highest IQ that you can think of look like a preschooler. For God is the one who's the source of all wisdom. We read a few verses later from our text in Proverbs 3, verse 19. He's the one who by wisdom laid the earth's foundation. By understanding, he set the heavens in place. God knows exactly how this world works. He knows the terrain of our journey through life. And we see this wisdom of our triune God displayed in Christ. In him, we read in Colossians 2, are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. He's the one who is wisdom from God. He's the one who held everything together, the one through whom all things are made. So brothers and sisters, boys and girls, you can trust this God because he's so wise. He will take you through the best path in life. He's an absolute genius. And not only is he God, not only did 
Not only is Jesus God, but he knows exactly how this world works because he also came to this world. He went through life just as we did. He suffered. He was tempted. He faced the loss of a loved one. And he faced all kinds of challenges and struggles that he needed to get through. And we have this Jesus who teaches us now today. And isn't it exciting to have the wisest person to have ever lived to be your personal tour guide through life? And he offers us his wisdom with open hand. Through his spirit, he comes to us in the book of Proverbs and he comes to us in all of scripture. He shows us the way of living a rich, full, and meaningful life. And so, brothers and sisters, Boys and girls, I implore you this morning to trust in your God. Trust Jesus who knows you better than you know yourself. Trust him to take you through life. And trust your good shepherd who loves you so much that he laid down his life for you. And trust in Jesus means then that we rest on him entirely. For what is trust? Trust is essentially humility. It means we let go of our own way of thinking and we commit our ways to our Savior. We lean with all our weight on Him and we throw ourselves into His arms. We let Him plow our hearts to uproot all our sin, all our foolishness, and all our simple ways of thinking. And then we let His wisdom dwell richly in our hearts. And so we think less and less of ourselves and more and more of Christ, our Savior. And if we're trusting in God with all our heart, this means that there's no room in our heart to trust in ourselves, to think that we have things under control. For this is the flip side of the coin. We read that we're not to lean on our own understanding. And leaning on our own understanding means we we rely on, on our own intelligence and our own ability to face the challenges of life. We trust our own instincts. We trust our own gut to get us through this path of life. Brothers and sisters, this is our natural inclination. By nature, we think that we can go through life as our own guides. We think we're smart, intelligent individuals who have everything under control. And we also hear this in the world around us. We're told all over the internet and other places to follow our heart and to do what seems best in our own eyes. And that's why we need to hear God tell us time and time again, don't trust in your own understanding. Brothers and sisters, if you trust in your own intelligence, if you're trusting in your own brain, your own heart to get through life, you're only going to harm yourself. Instead of walking along the road to the new Jerusalem, you're heading for a path of destruction. You're heading towards a cliff. This might sound harsh, but it's true. There are many examples that we could read of of people who are overconfident in their own thinking. They were convinced what they were doing was right and good. In fact, they were making a foolish 
an unwise choice. For example, think of the well-known story of David and Bathsheba. David relies on his own heart, on his own intelligence to get out of the mess he's in when he finds out Bathsheba is pregnant. So he tries all kinds of things. He tries to send Uriah home. He tries to get him drunk. And eventually, he makes sure that he gets killed. So we see how David, when he's relying on his own intelligence, is plummeting on a path that's leading to more and more destruction. He's leaving behind a trail of shame and disaster. And we can see many examples in our society around us when people follow their own hearts where they end up. They make bad choices because their understanding is limited. So teenagers, don't go down paths that seem right in your own eyes. Don't give in to your friends or to your own heart that tells you that partying, that getting drunk, that getting high, that following sexual pursuits is fun. Take to heart what God says in this passage. For although all these other paths look fun at first, in the end, they're just going to harm you. God isn't trying to limit your freedom when he says, lean not on your own understanding. But he's saying, if you go these ways, you're going to become enslaved to them. You'll get stuck in a rut. In the end, there'll only be death and darkness and shame. And parents, we have the responsibility to teach our children the way of wisdom. Don't assume your kids already know. Don't imagine that they're going to pick it up by osmosis. But they won't. They need to be taught the way of wisdom, just as the author of Proverbs was teaching his son. So spend time this week, this month, this year, immersed in God's word with your children. Take time after you read it at supper time to go through a little bit of it, to teach them what God is telling them in that passage. Brothers and sisters, I exhort all of you today to lean on God and not your own understanding. This will mean you're going to be going against the grain. For the wisdom of God is very different than the wisdom of the world. God says, don't give in to your heart. Don't give in to your own desires, your own dreams, your own wants. Instead, deny yourselves. Sacrifice your lives to Christ and follow him. Think his thoughts. Serve people as he did. And fight against sin as he did. But our own hearts and the world is going to scream in our hearts and in our ears that this is crazy. For everywhere we look around us, we're told, trust your gut, trust your own understanding, trust and follow your own dreams. But if you do, you're leaning on a broken crutch. You're putting all your weight on something that's never going to hold you up. And you're going to fall flat on your face. Your path through life will be one of constant troubles, one of constant scrapes on your knees, one of constant broken bones. For any path that we take where we're not listening to God and his wisdom, there's a path 
heading to a cliff. And that's a fact. So trust in God. Trust in your Savior, the one who wants the best for you, and the one who knows exactly how to navigate you through life. And then also acknowledge him in all your ways. For our text goes on, it says, acknowledge God. The word acknowledge here is closely connected to the word know. And this means that we're in an intimate and personal relationship with God. We have deep knowledge of him that affects how we go through life. We treat him like we would treat a dear father or a dear friend. So when we trust God, we enter this kind of a relationship. We're ever mindful of him. We listen to his teaching, to his guidance, to his warning. And we take him very seriously, not only because he's our awesome God and Father who loves us, but also because he's so very wise. We realize that his wisdom is supernatural. It's way beyond our own understanding. So brothers and sisters, see God in this way. See him as a very real person. person. See him as a dear friend, a faithful father who will guide you through life. And then also tell him everything that's on your mind, especially in times of difficulty. Pour out your heart to God as you walk through life. Don't try to figure out how to get through a temptation or a trial or some sort of difficulty on your own. But throw it all on God and he will hear you. And also pray earnestly each and every day for his wisdom so that as you go through life, you can make good choices and not bad ones. And God does give his wisdom generously. If you ask God for his wisdom earnestly today, you can know that he's going to give it to you. That brings us to our second point. God blesses those who trust him. For when we trust God, when we treat him as a close friend and confidant, then you can absolutely be sure that he's going to spare you a lot of trouble in this world. He'll make your paths straight. This doesn't mean that this text is preaching some sort of health and wealth gospel where your life is suddenly going to become rosy and fun if you trust in God. For God doesn't promise us an easy life. As we read in Psalm 23, sometimes he leads us through the valley of darkness. He does this so that we'll trust in him more. But what this text does mean is that God promises us a meaningful and full life if we trust in him. For when we rely on God, when we ask for his wisdom and follow in his footsteps, we won't suffer unnecessarily. We won't make foolish mistakes. We won't be going left on our path when we should be going right. We won't keep running towards cliffs, but we'll stay on the path of life, the path of joy and peace. As we read in Proverbs 3, your foot will not stumble and your foot will be kept from being snared. So brothers and sisters, boys and girls, if you trust in God as you go through life, know that your life will be better. For so often, don't we plunge ourselves into ruin because we're following our own heart or our own understanding? So often, aren't we angry or bitter or sad because we're trusting our own gut? We're thinking 
about ourselves. And so often don't we stumble on our journey through life because someone in our life is acting foolish and unwise. So let's instead listen to God's wisdom. And he's very clear with us. He gives us warnings and admonitions. We could find many examples just in the book of Proverbs. We're taught in 2 verse 18 that the way of adultery leads us down to death. It looks fun and exciting at first, but in the end, there's only deep darkness. We read in 6 verse 32 that the man who does so destroys himself. And isn't this all too true? When we follow our own hearts, when we follow our own sexual desires, how often aren't we left guilty and ashamed and have a feeling of darkness and hopelessness? There are many other examples in Proverbs of how avoiding certain things are for our good and for the good of those around us. We're to avoid violence, as we read in Proverbs 1. We're to keep perversity and corrupt talk from our mouths, as we read in chapter 4. And we're to bite our tongue, for when words are many, sin is not absent, as we read in chapter 10. We don't just avoid these things so that we look like good Christians, but we avoid these things because they lead us off the path of life. They lead us into deep and utter darkness so that we don't even know anymore what's causing us to stumble. We become drunk and ignorant men and women who stumble through life because there's no light on our paths. So brothers and sisters, don't stumble through life. Don't take every little side trail you see. Let your eyes Look straight in front of you. Fix your gaze on the path before you. For when you do, you will see that God is making your path straight. He will give you feet that run swiftly, and he promises to provide you with peace and security. So trust in God, brothers and sisters, as you go through life. Lean with all of your weight on him. Don't carry the huge backpack of your burdens and of all your guilt and difficulties on your own, but throw them on God and he will carry them with you. He will walk beside you because he promises to stay at your side closer than a dear friend. He's the one who will keep tugging at your hand, pulling you away, from all kinds of disasters. He's the one who will fend off everything that Satan, the world, and sin has to throw at you. And as you hike through all kinds of sufferings, temptations, and difficulties, keep your eyes fixed on your Savior, Jesus Christ. Trust him, knowing that he's going to keep your feet from slipping. And if you do fall, if you do stumble, if you do foolishly run your own way, he will keep running after you, picking you up and putting you back on the path. He will do so because he's your faithful, he's your loving savior who died for you and who now yearns to see you face to face.
So he's going to make sure that we complete the course. And at the end of our journey, he awaits us at the gates of heaven. He awaits us with open arms ready to take us in. So brothers and sisters, see him there with the eyes of faith and run to him. Keep looking at him and you will lead a wise and meaningful life as you rush onwards to the new Jerusalem and to glory. Amen.